NBA doubleheader tonight. We got the Pacers Wizards in our early spot. Then Pelicans and Suns in Phoenix. We'll start your night with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern here on ESPN. Right now, best of the week. A cast of thousands, or at least five or six. Saturday's in a fog. Actually, we're all on a fog. The Bakes Wagyu is ready to go. Bart. Here we go. Bart. Bart, we're eating up the pancakes. Mm. Yes, delicious. You know me, resident psych expert of the table. You're not lying. Don't ask me around what was in those cups, because it ain't for children. The pass from Zappi was crappy, but the fans were happy. Dan Grosnaziano. <laughs> Pop the truck. No suit. I left two suits on the top of my car and drove home. <laughs> We've all done what Bart did, and yes, no one know. has ever done what Nico <laughs> yeah, did. How about if I said the Jets are going to beat New England by two touchdowns? We don't need to have this conversation. Is that an overreaction? No. Guys. Don't do this. Guys. In the meeting, I said I don't want to ask him that question. Guys. Things are going well. The minute that I start saying we're going to win by two touchdowns. Guys. Is definitely when things start going the wrong way. Tom Brady, you know what football's doing to him right now? It's kicking him in the ding-ding. Uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, honestly, I like it. Guys. <laughs> we have so much fun here every morning, and we are so grateful every time you choose to get up with us. We're live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, jam-packed on this football Friday, and there's only one place to begin. Hit it, Cindy. Thursday night thriller last night. Game of the night. Huge star quarterbacks. All the stakes in the world in Tampa. And there's Tom Brady. And you know what, Sancho? It starts so well. It starts well on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. You see this pass to Chris Godwin. Catches it and makes a play for his quarterback. 44 yards. They hadn't scored a touchdown in the first quarter all season long. And they almost didn't hear. Again, Mike Evans is so open, Ninko, and he misses him. Uh, you got to make this throw and catch. But there was a holding call, so at least they got out of it. But you got to catch it. But, but the, the point is, the Tom just throws him out of bounds yeah. as wide open as he could possibly be. Now, yes, on the drive, Leonard yeah. Fournette punches it in. Run it's a 7-3 Tampa lead. Now we go to the third quarter. Ravens are down 10-3, but Sacho, here comes Lamar. And here come the Ravens' run game. Look how far these back these defensive linemen and linebackers get pushed back into the backfield. In college, they would say, man, you're a D lineman. Why are you playing safety all the way back there? Ravens moving the chains. They rushed it for 231 yards in this game. And then they cap it off on the short touchdown pass to Kenyon Drake. They tie the game at 10. Now on the other side. And he's your longtime teammate in Rob Ninkovich. Brady, miscommunication with Mike Evans here. The frustration uh, building. Frustration. That's, I mean, that's just the start of things. In this game, it was so frustrating to watch the, just the, the incompetence of the offense. Final seconds of the third now. The Ravens playing without Mark Andrews, without Rashad Baseman. Bateman, how about Isaiah Likely? Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina making huge plays, major injuries, but he's been stepping up all season long. He had six catches and this touchdown as he gets both feet in. Ravens a 17-10 lead. And then again, Sacho, he's looking for Mike Evans. And again, miscommunication. This is a third different pass that should have been intercepted, really right between the defender's hands. It was not a good day for Tom Brady. Uh, look, at, look at him there. Look at, look at the face. Brady can feel it. Meantime, on the other side, how about Devin DuVernay? Speed kills. The Devin DuVernay is known for his speed. He outruns the defense, cuts up field, gets to the end zone. 24-13 Ravens now. Fourth quarter, desperation time for Tom. Final five minutes, third and goal. Rookie tight end, Kate Otten. 
touchdown after Brady extends the play, right? We're right back in it. Wrong. We got a holding call is going to bring it back. Donovan Smith can't believe it. So, Bucks still in scoring position. Fourth in goal. Watch the offense. Leonard Fournette, not the only one who moves early. It's a false start. Look at the frustration from Brady as they are forced to kick a field goal. Under a minute to go. Bucks down 11. Fourth in goal. They do manage to get in the end zone with Julio Jones. Brady would throw for 325. So, they have a chance at the end. Sacho on the onside kick. There still was no chance. I mean, this game was a lot... The score is not indicative of how far apart this game really was. And the final score is 27-22 Baltimore. And afterwards, you could just tell Tampa Tom had no answers. You know, I think we struggled pretty much at everything. You know, we just struggled in the red area, struggled in third down, struggled in the run game, uh, two-point plays, um, short yardage, backed up, start first quarter. Start of the third quarter. Not very good offense football. Man, I mean, that's a person I don't recognize. I, I, I've been watching Tom Brady literally his entire career. And Ryan Clark, and that's a person. You played against him in some of the biggest games ever, AFC championships and all sorts of things like that. When you hear him sound like that, and, and we had Jeff Darlington reporting that after the game he sat in front of his locker with his pads on for a long time just trying to process everything. What do we say about it this morning, R.C.? Well, I think the first thing is the reason this is a guy you don't recognize because this is Tom Brady losing, Greeny. We mm. just don't see it a lot. You know, now we're seeing it not only more, but we're seeing it consistently. And throughout his career, Tom Brady hasn't had to deal with this. And I said it on Monday, like, dude is miserable. Todd Bowles is miserable. Whenever you hear anyone from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers speak, it's like every day getting up, going to work, putting on those colors makes you absolutely miserable. This is a team that had high hopes. When Tom Brady decided after 40 days and 40 nights to get off of no was arc and return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this isn't what anyone would have envisioned. But I think even if you're Tom Brady and you don't feel like the team is going to play well, you know who you are. You know who you've been for the last two plus decades. And I believe the fact that he can't figure it out, the fact that last week Mike Evans misses a for sure touchdown and this week Tom Brady overthrows him out of bounds, I think those things are things that he can't concede that maybe this isn't my year. Maybe this isn't my time. And they're inconceivable to him that they'd even be, ha be happening. So to be a team that is in a division that is more than winnable, yet the Carolina Panthers have an opportunity to be first place in by the end of the weekend is something Tom Brady never expected to deal with. And with everything else going on in his life, not something I think he's equipped to deal with right now. To underline it, they made the point last night on Amazon, the last time Tom Brady lost three consecutive games, Lamar Jackson was five years old, and Lamar's the guy who beats him last night. Again, you played with Brady for nine years. So what are you seeing right now? Well, listen, when you look at teams, sometimes wins can be like Band-Aids, right? There's a little thing here, there's a little thing there, but when you win the football game, there's a Band-Aid. When you lose... People are ripping off these Band-Aids. And, and when you look at the Bucks, they have a bunch of spots in this team, not just offensively, but, you know, years past, they had a much better defense. They had a lot of injuries last night defensively. They give up 231 yards on the ground. Yes. Uh, you know, you can't do that and expect to win football games. So, you know, the amount of issues that this team has – 
is way too many problems for just Tom Brady, the great Tom Brady, to overcome at 45 years old. So this team, they're searching and they're trying to figure it out in a division that they're in a weak division. But at some point, they're going to run out of time and they're going to have too many issues to try and correct. And when you watch Tom Brady, his mannerisms, how he's throwing the tablets, how he's throwing his helmet down, how he's sitting on the bench looking just completely distraught, those are things, and the frustration that he is feeling, those are things that I don't think that this team can overcome. I don't think they can overcome, you know, a muff punt on the first possession that they would have had. That could have been an easy touchdown. Yeah, they hold them to three points, the Ravens, that is. But you can't play that type of football and expect to compete at any point. So, again, is it early? Not really. They're kind of running out of time right now. And their division is weak, so maybe they get themselves in a position to win a division. But I don't see them doing anything in the playoffs. Yeah, it, it can't be everyone else's fault, though. I mean, we, there's so much talk about But it can't just it, be one guy's fault. But, it, but if, when it's Tom Brady? But you, that, the, you, the, team is, the, the team as a whole isn't playing well at all. But usually, historically Ooh, speaking, Tom Brady has been able to overcome Nico ain't having all of this. this. You can't say it's just Tom Brady. It's not just Tom Brady. Fan. Right. right. I, I understand that. But my point is this. My point is a lot of people are talking. Not you, but a lot. We got to fight. A lot of people are talking about, man, the receiver, there's no timing. <laughs> and the offensive lineman and the defense. And That's everybody else around problem. Tom Brady. But also Tom Brady's throwing the ball in the dirt. But that he's also making tight. throws. He's also Is he not making a throw where you're like, wow, that was a tight a window? A throw or two. You said a throw. You know, he not made throws. a few throws last night. Out of how tight many? windows. He had more good throws than terrible throws. He had just about as many good throws as terrible well, throws. The point is that Tom. Usually, Tom Brady overcomes all of this, and this year, he's not. And so, we cannot say, well, because everyone else is bad, that's why Tom Brady's not succeeding. He's a part of the problem. Is it, I, I don't think anyone would debate that, right? I mean, it, there, there's the fact that, Tom, that Tom, is not, Tom could play. Can Tom play better? Of course. But the, the, when you don't have – when you're the worst in the NFL at protecting the quarterback, and your quarterback's 45 years old, and your receivers aren't – Basically, you have a bunch of injuries you're trying to overcome. You're the worst in the NFL at rushing the football, running right. the ball, and you're the worst at protecting the quarterback. That doesn't bode well for the quarterback. I don't care who but your Nico, quarterback is. He was 44 years old last year. And he led the NFL in passing. And yards. they had a much and look at how how and look at their offensive line. And they were a better they were a better system so some of the, last year than they are this year. But both things can be right. I mean, the reality is that Brady can finally be showing his age and maybe some of the weaknesses this team has particularly the interior of the offensive line are exactly the worst thing to have when your quarterback is Tom Brady and he can't overcome it anymore at this point look at the end of the day when you rush the ball for 44 yards in a game that was a game the entire night it's going to be very hard for you to win no matter how old your quarterback is or isn't and Brooke I know when you watch this sometimes it feels like deja vu yeah it does because I watched this happen with Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers last year their run game wasn't great. Ben was struggling. He had the same kind of inconsistency issues that it felt like I saw a lot of the same type of throws, the ball skipping the ground and not connecting with receivers, throws that we've seen him make time and time again in his career, and they're just not there. They're flashes that are great, but it's not consistent. You know what Tom Brady reminds me of is, is a person that's just graduated high school, and they should be going on to college and like going on to the next phase of their life, but every weekend they're going back to high school, mm. and they're reliving their glory days, and like this is where I'm comfortable and this is where I'm happy and like I want to be still a part of this community but you know what there, there's not really a place anymore you you kind of need to move on and go to the next phase of your life there's more out there 
it kind of feels like Tom Brady needs to graduate and go on to college. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will look better with Blaine Gabbard as their starting quarterback? No, but we wouldn't expect nope. them to be better. They, they would not. They would be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So that that's they're not good right now. They need they to figure a lot of things out. With Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> are, are they're not see, the worst. You, you know, every now and again, if there's one thing I can bring to the conversation, maybe it's a little bit of historical perspective. Sometimes the great ones need to have it shown to them without any question about it that they just don't have it anymore. Michael Jordan came back and played for the Wizards. How many times have we seen old clips of players wearing jerseys you don't recognize them in because Jerry Rice playing at the very end of his career in Seattle. These guys need to it needs to be shown to them. They need to have it proved I can't do this anymore before they can let it be completely out of their system and graduate to the point that you are making. Real quick. But I wish he wouldn't have. Because he Last year, he was the best quarterback in all of football. But, Threw for more, and he retired. He actually did it. He retired. We're done. I'm going to go out on top. And it was like, wow, a great can actually do it. But a it great can go out. But on it top. wasn't out of his system. It, it just wasn't. He 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 couldn't yeah. let it go. And maybe now he will. RC, finish it up real quick. Go. No, I, I, I agree with that for sure, Greeny. It's not necessarily about it being shown to you. It's if you're as good as Tom Brady was last year, why would you retire? Why, why would you quit? There is no age limit on this. This isn't Little League football where you could actually age out. No, what happens is your age catches up to your play, and then when your play is no longer there, it's time to hang it up. Nothing about Tom Brady's performances last year said he was done with football, nor that football was done with him. I have no issue with him coming back. If he needed to see this, if he needed to feel this, then God bless him. Because many of us don't get to walk away based on when we want to do it. I got to walk away. And now Tom Brady will too. All right, I have to leave it there. We have much more on this as we go. We'll get to the Lamar Jackson side of it as we continue. Lamar was marvelous. A huge second half sparking the Ravens. Is Baltimore a legitimate threat to make the Super Bowl in the jam-packed AFC? And we look ahead to Sunday. A.A. Ron, desperate for a big win. Is there any way his team pulls one off as they shuffle off to Buffalo on Sunday night? All that is on the way. It's a football Friday. Get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We'll have more on last night's game as we continue, but our Friday forecasts are up next. Brooke, what is your Friday forecast? Uh, well, you can see it right here. The Steelers storm the Eagles. It's going to be, you know, you would not expect to see like a 70-degree sunny day in Pittsburgh in February, but I think that this could be an anomaly. You're not expecting it, but look, the Steelers' defense has quietly been playing really well. They're making great, even after the first quarter adjustments. I like what they did against the Dolphins, and this offense feels like it is a damn about to break. Maybe I've listened to too much Matt Canada, but the way that he was talking yesterday feels like they're right on the table. Wait a minute. Don't go to the next one. Sydney, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait. What? Hold on a second. And let me let me remind everyone across the country who may not know. You cover the Steelers day in, day out, and you've been as critical of them as anybody. So this is not a homer pick. You believe Pittsburgh. That game's in Philly, right? It is. It it's going to go Philly. in there to, and beat the Eagles in their building. Here's the thing. The Steelers haven't won in Philly. I think they've played nine games since the 1960s. They haven't won any of them. It feels like this is one of those fluky things that could happen. And honestly, like, look at the defense. They nearly got four interceptions off Tua last week. They didn't come down with any of them. That is an issue. If they can hang on to these balls, I think that it's going to be a lot closer, and I think that they could sneak out of there with an upset. Uh, uh, let me ask my favorite Steeler real quick. <laughs> I, 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 what I do you think? Our uh, what do you think? <laughs> You picked him last week. <laughs> See, can they do it? Huh? <laughs> Greeny, can't hear you, Greeny. Greeny. Uh, yeah. My Wi-Fi, my Wi-Fi is going on. <laughs> um, listen, <laughs> I picked the Steelers. I picked the Steelers last week, and it's, it's for many of the reasons that you hear Brooke saying that she thinks they have an opportunity this week. I think the defense has been better. The adjustments by Coach Austin uh, has been good. But when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and the way that they play football, the way that they're able to run the football, the RPO game, getting into the pass, and also the quick passes, getting the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands, and what what they can do rushing the pass around on the back end. I think that this Philadelphia Eagles team as a whole is just a little too much for the Pittsburgh okay. Steelers. We'll see. But I like the way game. she's thinking. And I'm I'll be thinking of you. If, if, if they're winning that game, what? I will be thinking of you. All right, let's see. That's quite a prediction. I, I, I'm canceling the rest of the Friday <laughs> forecasts because I like that one so much. Let's just go right to DraftKings Sportsbook Predictions brought to you by DraftKings. And RC, this one is for you too. And it's, it's I love this question. Will Aaron Rodgers have more touchdown passes or dropped passes in the game Sunday night in Buffalo? 100% he's going to have more drops. I don't even know why this is the DraftKings question. When you look at the way these receivers have been playing and also Aaron Rodgers being off a little bit, adding to some of these drops. Think about the Dobbs drop on third down. No, Amari Rodgers drop down the sideline when Aaron Rodgers is getting out of the pocket to the right side of the field. There's been plays where it's just miscommunication or it's not necessarily a chemistry between the wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers. And you're playing the Buffalo Bills, a team that is great in pass defense, also really good in the red zone and turning the football over. So I expect that Aaron Rodgers has more drops than touchdowns this week. This is the biggest underdog, the largest spread that Aaron Rodgers has ever faced. And as you can see, the Bills have an 83% chance to win, according to our analytics. So that also translates to a double-digit spread. So, Sacho, how do the Green Bay Packers pull off what might be the biggest upset of the year? 
They don't. They don't. They don't. I they mean, don't. They're, I, I don't know. You could try and think of all the different ways. Okay, maybe we don't turn the ball over. But, man, Buffalo's offense is so explosive. All right, maybe we – and they also lead the league in turnovers. All right, maybe we try and, you know, score some points. Man, they have the best defense in the NFL. Uh, or maybe we try and get the ball downfield. But, oh, no, Alan Lazard is injured. Like, what do you do? They're, I don't know of a way. I don't see a path for the Green Bay Packers to be able to beat the Buffalo Bills. I get it. Aaron Rodgers goes into the media and says, everyone, you got to step up or you're going to be cut or lose your reps. He uses that to try and motivate his players to play better. The issue is Buffalo doesn't care. Buffalo wants to come out and embarrass you in their house before their new stadium gets built. That's what they want to do. They don't care about you and you're bringing them motivating people. They're going to and they want to embarrass you for the world to see. Can I ask a question that I think a lot of fans wonder? Like, you're a player, you're a proud player, you played a whole lot of years and all that kind of stuff. Do the Packers players going in there this weekend, do they believe they're going to win? No one believes they're going to win. Yeah, I mean, Are those guys on that team thinking, oh, yeah, we have, got this? You have confidence in yourself, but you can also be a realist and, and realize that your team isn't very good. So, you know, I played on the 2007 Miami Dolphins. We were 1-15. in 15. I knew every week. I didn't even play on that team. <laughs> I, was a pra- I was literally on the active roster. They wouldn't even give me an opportunity to play. I would ask, like, hey, can I get on the field? They're like, no, 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 we got the best guys out here on the field. I'm like, we're 0-10. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're 0-10. There's no chance of us winning. You know, thank you, Cam Camarillo, for, for catching a slant against the Ravens and, and winning. So I didn't go down in history and one of the worst teams in history. So, again, you have to be a realist. You have to be honest with yourself. And as a player, you're trying in these positions, in these moments, you're trying to do your best to try and maximize your earning ability a as a football player and make money. You're trying to make a ton of money. So you look at the Green Bay Packers, sure, they might think, like, we're going to go out there and give it our best shot. But you, the, 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 the Buffalo Bills are a really good football team. What would you say, R.C.? That, that, that's not a bad thing, though. Like, what, what Nico is talking about is just self-awareness, that we're not a good football team. But sometimes, sometimes understanding how much of an underdog you are is a good thing, right? Because so, so, now, if I'm one of them wide receivers, I'm like, first off, the hell with the bus driver Aaron Rodgers, who keeps just rolling the bus over us. We're not supposed to win. So why am I stressing? Let me just go out here and play as well as I can play individually, because we're all independent contractors. Mm, and whether or not the it. Green Bay Packers can win or should win against the Buffalo Bills, it don't really matter because we got to go play the game. So let me do my job at the highest level. If I'm blocking for Aaron Rodgers, let me do that job at the highest level. Aaron Rodgers, you play at your highest level. Defensively, you do the same thing. And if all of these things come together, then we got a chance to win because we're all pros and we're Hmm. actually good enough and talented enough to be here. And so accepting that you're not supposed to win doesn't mean that you don't win. It just means you understand that in order to even have a chance, you have to complete your job with the utmost professionalism and effort. And sometimes that's enough for a team that's not that good to be the team that's really good because we've seen it before. You don't have to lie to yourself and convince yourself that you're better. Let me put the picks up on the screen real quick. Uh, Brooke, again, you are a writer. Write me the lead. With that, if, they if, still if, gonna if, lose, though. Monday morning. Yeah, they're gonna lose. <laughs> no, no, they're gonna win. Real quick, what is the lead Monday morning if Green Bay won this game? What, what mean, will the lead be? The lead is Sam Macho didn't believe in us, and look at us now. I mean, look, I, I think that maybe I was drinking ayahuasca, maybe I was reading Ayn Rand, and I'm a free thinker now, but I, I think that maybe, like, if the Packers run the ball, which they haven't done all season, but if they commit to that, and if they can play good defense, which which they also haven't done all season. It's like looking at a man be like, he can change, I swear. Mm. Maybe this is the week. 
week. I, I, I'm not, I'm not ruling it out, even though my pick says maybe. Well, I yeah, I think most of us don't expect it. It would be the upset of the year on some level, and it would be fascinating. You're going, going, what I got. You going, going up on this? One? No, I'm not going. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I'm, I like going up, but I'm not crazy. <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and this week, new customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in free bets if your team's money line bet wins. Download the app and use the code GetUp when you sign up. As we continue on a football Friday, a new low for the greatest of all time. How much is Brady to blame? You'll hear from one of his most famous teammates. Teddy Bruschi will join us. Plus, Lamar, a marvelous last night in Tampa. A huge injury changing everything in the AFC North. What does it all mean? We'll explain. Football Friday, get up on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are back on Get Up on a football Friday. And in case you missed it last night, really interesting Thursday night game. Tampa Tom and the Bucks. they needed it. And on their first drive, they got it. Ninko, it looked like it might be their hey, night. Two-yard line, what do you do? Run the football. Good job there. Started out score on the first drive. They haven't done that in a while. Leonard Fournette punched it in. It was actually their first first quarter touchdown of the season. But the second half, Sacho belonged to Lamar Jackson. He did bad eyes on that play by Devin White. He came in on the motion. His eyes were not on his work. Running back to the flat. That one tied it at 10. And then with injuries all around for the Ravens, it was Isaiah Likely who played big. Someone's got to step up. When you have an injury like this, somebody's got to step up. He had six catches, including that touchdown, 17-10. And then look at the frustration, Sacho. You will see it just dripping from Tom Brady on this miscommunication. Yeah, and there were a few times where the miscommunication or a badly thrown ball that should have been balls that should have been intercepted all throughout this game. Just look at Brady's expression there. And then on the other side, Devin Duvernay. Devin Duvernay, speed kills. He's known for his speedy out from the defense that cuts it upfield into the end zone. 24-13, less than a minute left. The Bucs will look going to make a comeback on a fourth down. They do get a touchdown here to Julio Jones. So it's a one-possession game. It did not feel this close in the second half, but it actually does come down to an onside kick, which the Buccaneers do not recover. Brady and the Bucs lose 27-22. Lamar Jackson, a huge second half. Here he was after the game. I feel like we're very close. You know, um, we're we right there, but still room for improvement. Um, little mistakes we're still make, um, making out there. We, we, we changed those, and I feel like the sky's the limit for us. All right, RC, so I don't know exactly if we're saying a good thing or a bad thing about the Ravens when we say they could easily be 8-0 right now, right? They had double-digit leads in the fourth quarter of all three games that they've lost. Sometimes I don't like using that because it feels like you're making the opposite point than you think you're making. Yeah. So I will just ask you this. What did you see from Lamar Jackson last night, and how good are the Baltimore Ravens? 
Well, the, the thing I saw from Lamar Jackson is we, we can't try to reinvent the wheel when it comes to what he does schematically and how we call plays for him. Early on in this game, they were extremely pass-heavy. They weren't a play-action pass team. They were a shotgun drop-back team, and that isn't who Lamar Jackson is. You look at the second half where you come out running the football. The zone read becomes huge. Now it leads into the play-action pass, and he gets three second-half touchdowns. Obviously, the one flip to Devin Duvernay is more of a run, but you understand what I'm saying because that's more in the light or the way that the Baltimore Ravens should run their offense. It also allows you to keep the lead in the second half or in the fourth quarter because you're running the football, which also continues to take time off of the clock. And this allows Lamar Jackson to be a better passer. This allows your defense to play more aggressively. Now, this team finishing Greeny is what's important. You mentioned earlier, can they beat the Buffalo Bills? Well, we saw for three and a half quarters or for three quarters and 14 minutes, they're every bit as good as the as the Buffalo Bills, if not better in some places. But it's about finishing. And if this team can continue to find ways to finish games, as they did, though shaky, against the Cleveland Browns, as they did last night, though shaky, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this is easily a team see in the divisional playoff rounds in the AFC championships with an opportunity to win but it all comes down to situational football moments which in three games they weren't the best at. I will remind everyone that they were beating Buffalo 20 to 10 when they played each other going into the fourth quarter. That was back early in the season, and they wound up losing the game on a last-second field goal. So, to RC's point, they were right there. I would add to the conversation, too. Generally, you need to win your division in order to make the deep playoff run that you want. The AFC North, which we thought might be jam-packed, now is starting to feel like a two-horse race. And one of those horses suffered a very bad loss yesterday, in case you didn't hear it. Jamar Chase, out four to six weeks for Cincinnati. He is the most important piece of their offense right now. So when you take all that into account, it feels like it's the Ravens' division to win. How dangerous is Baltimore? Rob Ninkovich. Very dangerous. And, and it starts with Lamar. It starts with the running game. And after this game last night, they had 231 rushing yards, but they also turned the ball over zero times. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have a turnover. So not turning the ball over, taking care of the football, running the football. They had 38 minutes time of possession, like RC talked about. When you can do that, you can control the game. And when they can control the game, helps your defense out. You have less, less plays on your defense. So again, I really think that the Ravens, and you look at Cincinnati, they were ascending and they kind of had some momentum going. Now you lose Chase, the biggest target on that team. It could affect, it could affect, it will affect that team. So I think the Ravens are in a good spot to go on a run. I would agree with that. They're in a great spot to go on a run, but I wouldn't count out the Cincinnati Bengals no, no, just no. yet. Not and I yet. get it. I know, I know the Jamar Chase, tied for leading touchdowns at receiver, but they have other weapons at receiver. They have Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, both guys who've had big games not only last week but the week before. Mm -hmm. Same amount of catches as Jamar Chase. And so the issue is this. After he comes back, will you be able to get hot and go on a run like they did last year? That's going to be the question that needs to be answered. So, so Cindy, before the show, we asked everybody who they like to win the division. This takes into account the Jamar Chase, and everyone mm -hmm. likes Baltimore. And, Brooke, the bottom line of it is, at the end of the day, as everything is, this all comes down to the quarterback, right? And Baltimore, it begins and it ends with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it absolutely does. That's why I think he will get paid in this offseason. He deserves the money. He's earned it. We saw the poster that he signed. But, look, I, I do think that the Ravens maybe need to make 
one or two moves right before the trade deadline. That's what teams are doing to be aggressive, to go on a run. I know that they already got Deshaun Jackson. I want to see more. Maybe they add another running back because my biggest concern is the injuries that will pile up when you lose a guy like Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, and we don't know how long those guys are out. I still worry just about the depth overall because, look, Lamar can do a lot of things. He cannot throw and catch the ball himself. Yeah, and I'll give you a final word on that, RC, as far as Lamar Jackson. This season has been about him in so many ways based on the contract and everything yeah. else. And we don't know where that's going to wind up. But we do know that they're mm-hmm. halfway through the season and they are sitting in a pretty position right now. Where do you see Lamar Jackson at this moment in time? I see Lamar Jackson as one of the top quarterbacks in the entire NFL, and I think he's the most unique quarterback in this entire league, but you have to use him to his strengths, and I think that's what we finally got in the second half from Greg Roman, was making sure Lamar Jackson was in spots that he was comfortable and not trying to show people that he can be things we don't need him or expect him to be. Lamar Jackson in that second half was exactly who Lamar Jackson was when he won the MVP. He was the guy that used his legs, his great decision-making, and his elusiveness to create, extend plays, and throw footballs when he's able to allow his wide receivers and his skilled players to uncover. That's the dude that can win the MVP. That's a guy that can win you playoff games. And that's who Lamar Jackson and this offense is going to have to be in order to complete the win of the AFC North and put them in position to make a playoff run. It occurs to me, last night's game actually was my preseason Super Bowl prediction. And as of this moment, I feel a lot better about Baltimore than I feel about Tampa Bay. (laughs) Having said that, on this Football Friday, we also want to get a few more games in here. There's only one matchup this entire weekend between two teams that both have winning records, and that is the Giants at the Seahawks. The Geno Smith revenge game. I I see one Seahawk on my screen. RC, why does Seattle beat the Giants on Sunday? You know what? I just love what Geno Smith and this offense is doing. Think about last week when DK Metcalf goes down and DK Metcalf is not out there for Geno Smith. Marquise Goodwin has an explosion. Now we're watching Kenneth Walker III become exactly what he was last year for the Michigan State Spartans and also defensively a new piece of the Legion of Boom and Tyreek Woolen. Obviously Quandre Diggs is still back there and they're finding ways up front to put pressure on quarterbacks. I think the New York Giants have been just good enough in every single game this season to make it close and in six of those games to win I think this game is close but I take Geno Smith in clutch over Daniel Jones and that's why the Seattle Seahawks find a way to eke out this win and they are actually favored I mean the Giants are six and one but the Seahawks are a three-point home favorite this weekend in this game all right we'll see everyone else here is riding the Giants will continue to make picks as we continue on this football Friday and as we roll on in just a moment Tampa Tom frustrated are his Buccaneers broken you're going to hear from his longtime former teammate Teddy Bruschi, you won't want to miss what he has to say about the GOAT. But today, now it's time for trivia. Hembo is out, so we've got Sneaky Josh, and this one's for Brooke. The Ravens have had a double-digit lead in all eight games of their season. Who was the last team to lead by at least 10 points in each of their first eight games in a season? Now, it's a reasonable question. Give it some thought. Give it some thought. She's got a chance. We'll find out next. Get up on ESPN. Casey. We are back on Get Up and on Brooks. 31st birthday, do I have that right? Yeah. She seems very uncertain of herself. Happy birthday. 
I, I think you have a shot at this. So the Ravens have led by double digits in their first eight games this season. What's the last team to do that? Just a team that got out of the gates hot and for the first eight games of the season were just playing great. They don't have to have lost any of them necessarily. Who's the last team to lead by double digits in their first eight games of a season? See, you would think I'm great at Jeopardy. I'm great at trivia. But I would be like those Jeopardy contestants that when they get to the sports category, like the time runs out and it beeps and, and Alex Trebek was so right. disappointed at everyone. Because I'm going, I, I, 1972 Dolphins, like I'm, 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 I'm reaching here, but I was just in Miami. I saw them celebrate that anniversary, so that's where my head goes. No, it's happened many, many times since oh, then. Good to know. The most recent, Tom Brady was the quarterback. I was, and it was in New England, his final year. It, it was the 2019 I, Patriots. You actually said it I out really loud. Did. I said I was like, you know, I think this could be a Tom Brady team. I'm so mad at myself. It's a bunch of Brady teams. He did it in 19. He did it in 15. He did it in 2007. The Green Bay Packers did it in 2011. Great. So it's happened Good. quite a few times. Okay, so, uh, score that one for Sneaky Josh. We'll see. In the meantime, on Mondays on this program, Ryan Clark explains his tweets. Uh, today we're going to do an abbreviated version of that. RC during the game last night tweeted, man, Tom Brady didn't unretire for this level of incompetence around him. RC, explain that tweet. Listen, my man Tom just on the sidelines, sad as hell. He's hanging his head. He don't even have the energy to throw the tablet anymore. He's just tired. He's worn out. It's like somebody's like a mama that's raised 17 kids, and it's the last <laughs> baby, and she's absolutely done, and she's letting the kid run roughshod over the entire <laughs> house. When Tom Brady looks around him, he's like, okay, we can't run the football. Okay, we can't pass block. All right, now they're getting to me, and we all know that I'm not great when I'm under pressure, so I'm throwing footballs in the dirt. I'm overthrowing balls. My best wide receiver is dropping wide open touchdowns against Carolina. Okay, now we had a defense that used to be the tops in the league at stopping the run. We can't do that either. I should have left this when I was throwing the Lombardi trophy from one boat to the other, fresh off of them avocado tequila shots, feeling <laughs> real groovy as I was walking at the parade. Tom Brady came back because Tom Brady needed to know that no longer could Tom Brady make any team a Super Bowl contender. Mm -hmm. Where now you have it. This team is not a Super Bowl contender, and their quarterback is Tom Brady. Yep, three and five as they sit. In fact, we had a really interesting debate this morning here at the desk about just how much of this is actually on Tom Brady. Well, the good news is that last night on Scott Van Pelt Sports Center, Teddy Bruschi, maybe Brady's most legendary teammate, he was on and he answered that question. Listen. Tom will tell you this himself. He doesn't look like himself anymore. I mean, he is struggling to be on the same page with wide receivers. He is, you know, dirting balls at times. He is throwing potential interceptions like you're, like you're saying. So we're trying to... I don't know. I'm not going to make excuses for it. Brady doesn't look like he's playing well either. He is part of the problem, absolutely, because the offense, I mean, anything they try, okay, it's just they can't string things together, and the quarterback, absolutely, it starts with him. So, look, no one is closer than, than, than Brewski and Brady, to be clear. Again, you played with them all those years, and so he, there's Teddy Brewski saying, yeah, and Tom Brady is part of the problem. What do you think? Well, I mean, there's always going to be – 
a quarterback is always part of the problem if they're having problems offensively because yeah. it starts with the quarterback. They take the snap. Every single play, a quarterback takes a snap. So it starts with the quarterback. But after that, there's a process that has to take place. The offensive line has to do their job. The receivers have to do their job. You have to get open. You have to be in the right spots. The defense has to hold up their end of the bargain. Special teams has to do their end of the bargain. We saw last night, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't do it special teams-wise. They muffed the first punt. The offensive line, they're having trouble. The defense let up 231 yards rushing. So there's a problem. 400-plus yards total offense on the defense. You're saying there's, there's blame to go around. No one's yes. disagreeing with that. 100%. The question is, it's does not, Brady have to take some of it too? I'm sure, yes, of course he does. Yes. Yeah. It's, yes, that's that's part of the process. And when you're the quarterback, you have to take the good and you have to take the bad. It's part of the process. And every quarterback would say they got to stand up there in front of the team. They're one of the leaders. Or one of the captains, they take the blame. They take it on themselves. Even coaches say that. It starts with us. starts with the, the leaders on the team. They have to take accountability for not playing well. I'll come to Sam in a second, but RC, because the way I interpreted your tweet when you said this level of incompetence around him, it sort of sounded to me like you were tweeting, man, this isn't really on Brady. I mean, how much of this is on Brady? Hey, Greeny, don't you put words in my mouth. Well, Some that's of what this is on, on Tom Brady. Don't, yeah. you, don't you do that, Greeny. Yeah. But I just yeah. want to tell you this. I just got a text from Ric Flair, who, by the way, he loves Get Up, Greeny, and he also loves you. Ric yeah. Flair said that the Rolex shining, fur coat wearing, Super Bowl champion, if he wanted to be, wrestling legend said that Sam Macho, don't you ever fix your mouth to talk about Tom Brady in that way. And that Teddy <laughs> Bruschi owes a lot of his heart to Tom Brady, and he will no longer stand for this slander. That's what he told me to tell y'all. Now I can get back to being RC. Um, a lot of this is on. A lot of this is on Tom Brady. I mean, because it's Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady is brought into places. Or Tom Brady, when he was New England, was always supposed to be able to fix where things were broken. But let's remember the reason that Tom Brady left New England in 2019 was because they didn't have enough pieces around him, and he understood that. He him alone with the skill set that was dwindling some couldn't make him better and that's why he came to Tampa Bay now with Julio Jones in and out of the lineup with Goodwin coming off of an ACL with Mike Evans not seemingly being himself or having that chemistry with Tom Brady in some of these situations not being able to run the ball he's not good enough to fix all of those issues Tom Brady is still a good football player Tom Brady can still be play well under the right circumstances unfortunately Tampa Bay right now ain't the right circumstance. And so we have to accept that Tom Brady is human. We also have to accept that from Todd Bowles on down, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers around him aren't doing enough to pick him up now where he is deficient. I think that's right. Sacho, what are your thoughts? Uh, I would agree with that. And I'd always also say that we have to be willing to give him blame when things are his fault. And I think that's where people are saying, well, it's the receivers, it's the O-line, it's the defense. All those are true. But also, there are some mistakes that he is making. And that's totally okay to give blame to a GOAT when it is his fault. He wouldn't want people to walk around and say, well, no, it's because everyone else around me is so bad. He would say, man, I need to take ownership of some of this too. Now, how do you fix it? I don't know. I, I don't know how you fix it. I don't think, I don't think it's fixable. But he has to, we have to be able to admit that he's not playing up to his standard. Tom Brady, Tom Brady has one interception. Yeah. One interception. Yeah. yeah. That's only because they didn't catch the other 12. 
Well, anyway, to my point, he says he has one interception on the year. There are quarterbacks playing at a worse clip than Tom Brady is. No, there are. There you know, are. You know what? Now we're saying him to the low. Now we're saying, no, oh, now they're they're Nico. Well, now everyone wants to just put it on, oh, well, Tom Brady isn't. You know what I don't understand? Tom Brady is terrible. Tom Brady's the guy. Baker Mayfield plays in this league. Of course, people are playing worse. Like, somebody's going to play worse than Tom Brady. Here's what I don't understand. There's going to be moments, and listen, the quarterback takes a lot of scrutiny. Ask any quarterback. They're t- they take a lot of heat when things are going the wrong way. But it's not just time. We all agree that it's not just Tom Brady. Of course it's not just Tom Brady. Okay. The entire Tom team Brady? is bad. No. I agree that it's not just Tom Brady. <laughs> there we go. No one is saying it's just well, Tom Brady. It feels like it's Tom Brady. I'm getting angry now. Nico, that that and I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> you standing up for your guy. Here's the part that confuses me the most. And, and Brooke, I don't know if you feel the same way, too. The miscommunication with receivers he has played with now for many years doesn't make sense to me. It's one yes. thing if his physical skills are deteriorating, but some of the near interceptions last night, he's throwing the ball to a spot that Mike Evans isn't running to. And we saw that a bunch of times. And he Evans, they played together for three years. And he's walking off the field, and they're obviously talking to each other. I thought you were going to be here, but why was I over here? Why is that happening? That's what I don't understand. Well, the, the one that was close to interception in the red zone, he screams, go. And if you watch Evans run the route, he takes off the line of scrimmage slow. Like, he's not running the route quickly. Yeah. That ball was coming out quick. Right. So maybe that was some of the issue, the timing aspect. You're supposed to run the route quickly. That's why I'm screaming go. Let me get Brooke in here, sorry. Well, but here's the thing, too. It, it is Tom Brady's fault. To me, I put the onus on Brady in this case because there are things that he could be doing to help with the communication. He could be at every practice. He could not miss things like walkthrough. And I know that, like, at the Ooh. end of the week, the walkthrough is maybe the, the less important thing. I know, I know, I know. Rick Flair look, is not going to like Rick this. Rick Flair is going to be so upset. But here's the Rick Flair going to be mad as hell. I'm so so sorry to offend Rick Flair. But if you are having these problems, you have to do everything in your power to be there to fix it. And if you're not going to, then these things are going to keep happening. And to me, I put that onus on Brady because Mike Evans is at practice and Brady isn't always. I have to leave it there. But I will say, Rick Flair says, Woo! And any of these. All right. By the way, we got NBA action coming your way tonight. We got a doubleheader. I'll be here. Wizards, Pacers. Tonight is our early game. Then we got maybe Zion comes back. Pelicans in Phoenix. Good matchup in the Western Conference. We'll start your night 7 Eastern on ESPN with NBA Countdown. Uh, Meanwhile, first take is coming up top of the hour. They'll talk about it. How much trouble are Brady's bucks in after last night's loss? It's first take. It's Molly, Stephen A., RC, Swagoo, Big Perk. They're jam-packed. Top of the hour here on ESPN. All right, tomorrow night, fight night. Don't miss it. Former champ Vasily Lomachenko going up against Jermaine Ortiz in our main event. Our coverage begins at 5.30 Eastern. You can watch in English or in Spanish with the main card coming away at 10 Eastern. So in the moment that we have before we give way to first take, amidst all this conversation about Tom Brady today, here's the question. He is in a division where if Carolina beats Atlanta this weekend, the Panthers will be in first place. So unless they trade and get Christian McCaffrey back, they don't figure like they're going to be a juggernaut. Will Brady still win this division as bad as it is? Ninko. Yeah, I think they will because the rest of the teams are terrible too. They're pretty bad. They they lost to Carolina 21-3 last week. Yeah, I can't say yes to this one. I mean, they lost lost Carolina. Remember, the Falcons could have beat them. Remember that was that bad Bad penalty call? The Falcons were running to win? Who wins the division? Uh, 
ah, I'm gonna go Brady, but it's it's being king of the trash pile. Like, what do you what do you really win? It still stinks. You might be up higher than everybody else, but like it. It, it, I don't feel great about that pick, but I don't feel great about choosing anyone. That's the point. But you know what? What comes with that is a home playoff game, True. and you never know what might happen from there. I'll go, Car- I'll go Carolina. Why not? Really? <laughs> Carolina. <laughs> P.J. Walker. I'm from North Carolina, and I'm not going to pick. Sorry. I get it. <laughs> it will be in first place in the division if they this win is, Sunday. This was an extraordinary day. Thanks for getting up hard. with us. Enjoy all the football this weekend. First take starts now. Look.